0: hello
1: hello hello
0: how's it going what the crap what just (laughs) happened to my voice guys
1: that was bad holy cow so embarrassing
0: that was happening this morning at work too i was like in front of everybody talking because i had to kick the day off and my voice just kept cracking
1: (laughs) that's
2: are you going through puberty
0: i might just be hello 27 this is when it's hitting me
1: Freaking, Maybe it's a mustache.
0: I'm freaking six three and I've got a mustache and I'm gonna have a growth spurt soon. <laughs> Maybe my mustache won't be so blonde this time around. Maybe. <laughs> um hello and welcome to episode 42 of We Watch Movies and then talk about them. The only podcast on the internet where we discuss our favorite Alt J albums. Mine is Relaxer.
1: Mine is an awesome wave. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs>
0: go go make a decision break the tie because we it's not it's not this is all yours no so break the tie
2: Oof. it's probably an awesome way of
0: bleh (laughs) sorry that's all right this is
2: (laughs) our friendship
1: is based off an awesome
0: we've been uh (laughs) preparing to record the podcast for about 25 minutes now (laughs) but instead we've been talking about all j albums (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how we got to that but that's just the way things are Mm -hmm. um hello and welcome to episode 42 of we watch movies and then talk about them the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it there may be other podcasts where people watch a movie and then talk about it but this is the only one where we do it my name is andrew westensko and i am the host of this year podcast joined at my right hand in life and in all things by becca hello how's it going pretty good awesome and to becca's right hand into my left hand due to the fact that we're sitting at a circular table able to muster the energy to join us and to actually be on the podcast this week sid
2: okay here's the thing i ran a half marathon last week you could
0: have at least run a whole marathon
2: uh, i have now because i've done two half marathons that's
0: not how it works okay <laughs> yes, it you want to say that i've run a marathon then
2: awesome Good for you
0: I have not run a marathon.
2: Congratulations.
0: Because I've ran like five 10Ks. So I'm sure I've run a marathon at this point.
1: I'm sure you, you have. run them. You walked them. Oh,
0: okay. I walked a marathon. Great.
1: There. That's proper work Anyway. Jeez. I'm happy to be here. We will not trash talk you this week like we did last week. You did? You, you didn't, didn't even listen, listen to the listen? I did that.
0: <laughs> Sid.
1: We were trying to talk like you and it wasn't going very well. Andrew's oh, talking no. really high. Yeah, And I, I wasn't actually trying voice. that hard. I know.
2: I was like, well, no, now I don't want to listen
0: I did to an it. impeccable <laughs> Australian accent, though.
2: No, he didn't. Do I have an Australian accent? <laughs> no,
0: I started out doing an Australian accent, and then it veered into me imitating you to pretend like you were here on the podcast. Oh,
2: cool. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to that and then immediately call my therapist. Jeez.
0: The one time that you have a chance to pad <laughs> the stats of the podcast to give us that one extra download, you don't do it. I'll do it. That's all right. Have you watched Mindhunter season two? I have not. Well, then don't listen to it because we spoil I, it. know I'm not going to. But listen to it after.
2: Uh, just listen <gasps> to the beginning. Me and Austin finished Fargo today, so we're going to start that.
0: Ooh, like Fargo season three?
2: Season one. We're oh. only on season one.
0: Well, then watch season two. It's better than season one.
2: I know, but now it's our turn for Mindhunter.
0: That's not how TV shows work.
2: <laughs> well, that's how we're doing it.
0: You don't watch one season of one and then go to a different season of another.
2: We kind of
1: did that with Westworld.
0: Yeah, but that's because season two is boring and we're probably not going to finish it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We will probably watch Mindhunter this week. Have you
0: watched season one? Yeah. So you're just watching season two?
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Then Austin can listen to the podcast.
2: Okay. No, he's not allowed to.
0: (laughs) You're not on that episode.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, he can listen to that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's fine then.
0: Jeez. Hey, everybody. This is literally just us having a conversation about stuff at this point. Um, today, we are talking... Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, today, we are talking about James Mangold's 2017 Oscar-nominated superhero film, Logan, starring a very pasty Stephen Merchant. Also, Hugh Jackman is in this movie
2: but just steve merchant
0: dude he's very pasty
2: yes he is i mean he's pasty to begin with
0: maybe he should get some sun
2: i don't that would kill him (laughs) yeah that's not a good thing
0: (laughs) this is why i'm not a doctor folks just a podcaster (laughs) um i don't know sir patrick stewart is in this movie uh some little girl what's her name daphne Keene. I don't know what she's done. Has she done anything else? Not really. Daphne Keene, Logan. Uh, She plays Anna in Anna. She was in His Dark Materials, unfortunately.
2: I have no idea what that is. Nope.
0: Uh, Oh, it's not out yet. I just assumed it was bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What if it's really good?
0: Yeah, she's in some movie coming out this year. She plays the title character. Anna meets Rafa in a chance encounter and they embark on a road trip to try and save him from bankruptcy or worse. Does she literally only do road trip
1: movies? I was just going to say that.
0: Uh, Andy Garcia. He's kind of creepy. Just like as a dude. Whatever. We're talking about Logan today, folks. Uh, Logan is the story of a three-generational road trip on the quest to save the world. It's pretty good, right?
1: Not the world. Just the mutants.
2: Just some kids. Just trying to save some kids. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's basically... But I'm
2: sure eventually down the line, it could save the world.
0: It's basically if the people from Operation Underground Railroad had superpowers.
1: Yeah.
0: And knives in their hands. It's fair. Cuz technically the knives in his hands isn't a superpower. Mm-hmm. It was just that he had to have superpowers to survive getting the knives put in.
2: But he did have the like the bones. That's
0: true. But I don't know if having a bone like a a, a bone deformation is a a superpower.
2: No, but it made him strong. And
0: I think the invincibility made him strong,
2: also wasn't he uh, yeah, he was already super he at the like immortal,
0: yeah, you can heal, yeah, yeah, what a guy, what a guy,
2: it's not as cool as knives in your feet, though, oh, that's so cool, dude,
0: I could put a knife in your foot,
1: I don't want you to, you just said it was really cool, you could put it him would in be cool if I had a knife, well, you, you could, could put them in your shoe, but like yeah, Ooh. like the joker, yeah, yeah.
0: We've okay, got some awesome. really cool colored knives upstairs. You could oh. even pick if you want the blue one. To make
1: it match yeah, your
2: outfit.
0: Or the green Different one.
1: Sizes. I would need two.
2: Well, we, yeah, can, but we
0: can go buy another knife set to get maybe you matching sometime, knives.
2: Right. Maybe sometimes you need like a paring knife and in the other foot you need like serrated. Put a bread knife in your foot just in <laughs> case you need it. <laughs> just cook with my feet. <laughs>
1: just have knives handy i don't know
0: dude there's a blind woman on MasterChef. so it's true. we could it's cool We could put knives in your shoes cut well, your she, arms off and put you on master chef she
1: was on master chef like 10 years Well, ago. yeah she's
0: on <laughs> master chef season three but <laughs> all right folks we're talking about uh logan today and we're feeling good we're feeling loose we're loose today right
3: yeah
1: real off track
0: we're real loose <laughs> uh but we're gonna talk about logan it's a good movie and we're gonna spoil the crap out of it so if you don't want that uh, then go watch it and then come back and listen. But make sure you do the second part because we want to get some advertisers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Truth.
0: Um, let's see. Here's how the podcast is going to work if you're new here. We're going to do some hot takes. Quick short opinions on the film. Uh, then we're going to do some in-depth discussion. Following that, uh, Sid is going to provide us with a curated list of IMDb movie trivia. She reads it all so you don't have to. Uh, Then we'll give our final opinions and score out of 10, placing this movie on the Weston scale, which is the only definitive way to rank movies from 1 to 10. Uh, Then we'll get into other topics, other things that we've been watching, and other movie news, as well as information about upcoming episodes. That's that. Let's get into it. Let's do some hot takes.
1: All right. Don't burn yourself (laughs) on these hot takes. There we go. I was waiting (laughs) for that. (laughs)
0: Becca, how hot is your hot take?
1: Uh, it's pretty hot. Hot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Um, I have been wanting to watch this movie again ever since we watched it in theaters two years ago and then bought the movie pretty quickly after that. But it has sat on our shelf for two years. Um, so I was really excited to watch it tonight. And I think the thing that I like the most about this movie is something that I think I talked about when we uh, watched Endgame and Infinity War um, is that I one of my biggest beefs with superhero movies is that it just never feels like the superhero gets a break and like superheroes get tired and it's okay for them to die and I'm okay with that. And I want it to happen because they can't live forever. So I love that this movie gives us that it gives us logan when he's like done and just like falling apart and everything's fallen apart and he's just like surviving mm-hmm. and so i think just right off the back, right off the bat that's one thing that i really like about this movie is that it shows that side and it gives us that story so i guess my hot take is that i like the story of this movie
0: well, maybe that's why the screenplay was uh nominated for an Academy Award. Maybe. Could be. Sid, how hot is your hot take?
2: Uh, it it's pretty hot. Pretty hot. Yeah. Um Yeah, I really like this movie. I think I think this is the second time that I've seen it. Uh I can't tell if I like it more or less than the first time I saw it. I definitely had more of an emotional reaction to it the first time. Um
0: Did you not cry this time?
2: i didn't i got really close jeez i know that's weird for me it is weird uh-oh my prozac's working a little too well <laughs> gotta get off that <laughs>
0: wait where are we on the existential dread scale today baseline 65 remember people that's where we hover on an average day
2: um well school's starting next week so 76 it's not horrible that's not so bad no that's not too bad all right go ahead um but one thing i really like this about this movie is like it's very different than most superhero movies like it almost doesn't feel like a superhero movie where it's very character driven and of course there are like the superhero aspects and there's the mutants and the fight scenes um but it is just more about logan and this girl and um the professor just like pretty much just going on a road trip um yeah it just it doesn't feel like overwhelming kind of overblown as some um some superhero movies are and there's not like this like there is a bad guy but they're also just like people Mm -hmm. where in a lot of other movies especially x-men movies it's just other mutants yeah so it just it feels real yeah yeah feels grounded yeah
0: um yeah My hot take is that I also enjoy this movie. I think it definitely has its flaws, which will be discussed. But um, I think that overall, it's very successful at what it tries to do. And I think that it is a very smart movie. Um, It takes this world that we're all um, pretty familiar with, the world of the X-Men, and these characters and it leverages that um, understanding and emotional connection to tell a story that is very much not about the X-Men or about mutants. Um, I mean, and we can, we can dive into these as much as we want to, but they managed to take our collective emotional connection to uh, the X-Men and instantly give the world gravity by saying they're all dead. That's one. Mm -hmm. Two is it manages then to take that. uh, And whether we like sit there and cry about the fact that all of the the mutants are dead or not, like you start thinking over the course of the movie, you're like, oh, shoot. So like Logan and Professor Xavier are still alive. But like obviously Jean Grey is dead because she can't make it through a freaking X-Men trilogy. Um, but you think, like, Storm and Cyclops. Because this is, like, the X-Men, X2, and X3 timeline, I think. Right?
2: I'm pretty sure. I don't know. There's so many movies. It gets messy, though.
0: I, looked, I tried to look up the timeline, and it's very confusing. I choose to believe that this follows the original trilogy. And I know that the other ones are worked in, like, the... The younger ones are worked into the timeline, but Days of Future Past and Apocalypse makes it really confusing. Yeah. And then... Um,
2: but Xavier dies in Last Stand. Does he? Yeah. I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. I know that he dies. I can't remember if he like comes back. Or
0: oh, then maybe it does follow the newer timeline.
2: I don't know. I try not to think about it. I
0: don't know. In any case, all of the mutants are gone, right? So you think like you know storm cyclops uh beast nightcrawler these guys they're all dead like just gone and so they they take that uh and turn it into one of not one of i think this movie's biggest strength when it comes to its screenplay is the world building that they do they manage to flesh out a very uh complete and believable world um in a way that like DC has tried to do ever since man of steel, basically is to ground the world of superheroes to make it feel real and gritty. But, um, really didn't have the balls to go all the way. Um, and we can talk about this as well, but this is the only time, um, I think out of any superhero movie, um, and I'm trying to think of an exception, Cause I wouldn't even say that the dark Knight movies managed to do this. I think this is the only movie that makes superhero violence seem like it would actually be in like, if these guys existed in the real world.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, just like the brutality and how graphic it is. Mm -hmm. It's the only time that I've felt like a visceral connection with the violence in a superhero movie. And I think that that makes for really effective world building in and of itself. But then they manage to take all of these elements and tell this story that is way more about uh survivor's guilt and redemption and change. And I, I mean, on, that's like one side of the coin. And then the other side of the coin is like, you know, corporate greed and um, just like, anti-environmentalism and kind of just the modern world and what that means for kids growing up in it now so you got kind of these two sides of the coin there's the extremely personal story of logan and then there's kind of the broader scope of you know the the world at large and the forces that are kind of slowly taking over the world right now and and it kind of sees a lot of the threads that we see being tugged on today uh, take into kind of their ends. And I I think that's great. Yeah. That's my hot take. Cool. So it's fairly hot. <sighs> um, let's see. Do we want to do good things or bad things first?
2: Uh, good things?
0: Good things. Yeah, right? sure. So what... You guys both uh, said that you quite liked it and gave a few reasons, but let's let's dig in. Why do you guys why do you guys connect with this movie? Do you think?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest reasons is uh, Lara. I think is a really effective character. I agree. And also, she did a really good job acting.
0: Yeah, she's a little beast.
1: Yeah, like the first what two-thirds of the movie she doesn't say anything yeah
0: yeah she's a really effective physical actor
1: yeah yeah like I don't know I'm just always so impressed when I see young kids act like that especially in a movie that's so like gruesome and like mature
0: well you look at something like this compared to like what I consider the gold standard of child acting which is Jacob Tremblay in Room mm-hmm. oh yeah And, like, I think this is, on a lot of levels, a more impressive performance. Because he just... And this is not to demean his performance at all. Like I just said, to me, it's the golden standard of child acting. But he really just has to act like a forlorn, overly innocent child. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he does a fantastic job at it and really carries that movie. But here, she has to communicate um, this like psychological torture that she's been through.
2: Yeah. It's just like a very different character than any, almost any kid would understand. And
0: it's a lot of trust from the director to put into her Mm -hmm. that she could pull it off.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like she manages to get this like rage that you would never expect from a girl that young. Yeah. Like not to just jump into like scenes, but just the one scene towards the end where she's fighting um, the clone. Mm-hmm. I guess we're totally into spoilers at this point. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, But like the way that she's just like stabbing him over and over and over. And just like the rage every single time she like fights someone. It's just, I don't know. It's just incredible to see.
0: Yeah. Well, and that like that level of commitment to put into anything, right? Like that's really psychologically taxing on a person to put themselves out there to that level. Right. Yeah. To be, cause that's like, even if you're acting hyper aggressive and, and like angry, that's a really vulnerable place to put yourself in. And she's, I mean, I don't know how old she is in the movie. She's 11 and she's doing that on a soundstage in front of 50 people at a time like that like i said that's just that's a really vulnerable spot to put yourself in and she pulls it off flawlessly Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so she's absolutely a highlight of the movie like her acting her character like she like makes this movie
0: no i agree and as as incredible performances as like hugh jackman and sir patrick stewart put in like the movie lives and dies on her performance Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely yeah, I totally agree that she is, like, a huge part of it, but the thing that really makes me connect with it is Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. mostly, and it's just it's because, just like, I've seen him in these movies and these roles for the past 20, almost 20 years, um, and I don't know, it's just interesting to see how his character has grown, how even just, like, Hugh Jackman himself has grown. Um, you know where when we first see him he's just like this gruff kind of douchey guy who's just not making any connections with anyone and then in this one like he has a daughter at the end and um yeah it's kind of like along the same lines as like iron man when iron man died yeah that was sad but if it were like the first movie he were in yeah i'd be sad but i don't know if i'd cry as much as i did yeah, um, But because I've seen him in so many different situations in different movies, I've, you know, kind of, like, grown to love this character in different ways rather than him just being, like, sassy. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, and that's... I guess that's what I was referring to when I say they, they leverage our existing connection to this. Because I 100% agree with you. I agree with you, Becca, that, like, she turns out a fantastic performance and, like, she like I said, the movie lives or dies by her performance for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Sid. I think my connection more comes through uh, Wolverine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I mean, I was eight when X-Men came out and I saw it in the theaters. Like I've no, like Hugh Jackman was Wolverine before I knew who Hugh Jackman was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, like I said, this movie is incredibly smart. Um, which makes what I'm going to talk about here like the ways in which the movie is smart make the ways in which it's flawed even more frustrating because I think that the one of the smartest scenes in the movie is the very opening as far as introducing you to this new world that we are in right like it opens up and literally the first word is the f word Like Hugh Jackman kind of comes awake and he's like, oh, (laughs) like that's literally his first line. Yeah. And then we see him get the crap beat out of him by just like some thugs.
1: Which is something that we've never seen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's two. Three is that when he finally snaps back, it is brutal. Mm -hmm. Like he just cuts a dude's head off. Like. So I think that the the opening scene does such a fantastic job of like everybody knew going into this, we're like, oh sweet, an R rated X Men movie. Let's go. But like the first five minutes of this movie are like introducing you, like this is an R rated X Men movie. Like we are no holds barred here. Like we are here to tell a story and we're committed to telling it the way that it would be in the real world. Like Logan wouldn't be some like fancy boy in a yellow jumpsuit. Like he's a, a gristled guy. And especially, you know, when we find out later on all that he's been through. And even if we didn't know, like even just watching previous movies, the things that he's been through, like with Jean dying and all these things. And then we find out later what he's been through and he just becomes such an interesting and complicated character over the course of the film as we discover more, about the time between the previous movies and now. Um, His, you know, conflicted feelings towards Xavier and then throwing Laura into the mix and, you know, like his uh, nihilism being challenged for the first time in a long time. And just all these things, he becomes such a fascinating character. But I think that, Like I said, the first scene is so smart because it so quickly and so effectively introduces you to the new world that we live in and the new world that this movie is going to take place in. And uh, I don't know, like first, like openings and endings are the hardest things to nail in a story. And uh, this one does both. But that opening scene, I think, is it's a really good scene. It's really well made, but I think it's so smart for putting us on the right track for the rest of the film.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned too, um, like everything is just so much more graphic and brutal, but it's never like the brutality is never like glorified. Mm -mm. Like it, it's not, it could be, it's not awesome. Yeah. It's, awful and like you feel it the way you imagine wolverine feels it and i think that's another through line too is just the way wolverine and laura both look at violence like laura is kind of at a point where violence is necessary and and it's all she knows yeah like like she doesn't really see it as bad yet because she's killing bad people yeah and i just think the line when they're talking about their nightmares Mm -hmm. and Laura says she, her nightmares are of people hurting her and Wolverines are of him hurting other people. Yeah. I think is just really telling of like how they view violence not necessarily violence, but how they view their powers and the effect they have on people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I really do think that, Uh, Wolverine in this movie is like the character that Zack Snyder wanted Batman to be Mm
3: -hmm.
0: because like he goes for that like gristled hardened nihilistic attitude, but like he just can't write a script to save his life. He's a really talented and stylistic director, but dude can't write a movie. (laughs) So like, that's what I mean. Like it feels, it's very satisfying to see it executed well. Mm-hmm. Did Batman v Superman come out before this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Batman vs. Superman was like two thousand thirteen maybe? Twenty
0: sixteen.
2: Twenty sixteen. Whoa, I was way off.
0: Yeah. But no, that's like that that's for me the the biggest strength, like I said, is this story of Logan. Um first wrestling with these demons, essentially, of all the people that he's hurt and all the things that he's done. And like I said, his just complicated relationship at this point with Xavier. And Sir Patrick Stewart putting out holy cow, top yeah. of his game here. Jeez. Um and then, you know, finding out that it was Xavier that killed all the mutants. Mm-hmm. And like Logan still feels like you can't abandon him. But like he... I don't know. And then, like I said, like Logan kind of receiving purpose in his life as he goes. Mm-hmm. And like being able to be happy one more time before dying. Mm-hmm. Like because he's dealing with such complicated and... Isolating feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Like survivor's guilt is a real thing. And like he very much is suffering from that here. While like also battling with. I, I don't know. I feel like it just compounds because he's like like he, he's suffering from survivor's guilt. But then he's also like I also only survived because of these horrible things that I've done and all the people that I've killed. And like all of that just compounds to be intensely isolating
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he just he he pulls that off so well i don't know it, it connects back to like what we were talking about with her like he just he somehow manages to put off these vibes that like he just feels so alone mm-hmm. and I don't know, that's that's a very impressive thing to do and that is due to both the screenplay and his acting i think
1: yeah for sure
0: What else? Other than hiccups.
2: Sorry. Freaking hiccuping on the podcast. Sorry I can't control my body. That
0: was a long sentence.
2: That was really long. (laughs) I was thinking of like gastrointestinal, but I was scared that I was gonna say it wrong and I'm still scared I said it wrong. I think you got it right. Okay. I don't know. I'm not
0: doctor. Do do hiccups have anything to do with the gastrointestinal system?
2: I'm not a doctor. All right. Anyway,
0: but you like movies.
2: I do like movies.
0: What'd you like about this movie?
2: Um, Apart from Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. I mean, we love Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think like most of like the big things that I really liked, we've already talked about how it just like, it feels real and it feels like more is at stake for all the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I, don't, I just I think the violence is great it like it just it really reminds you of like how much is at stake, really, mm-hmm. like you watch any of the other x men and like you see them in pain and you like see them get shot, but like you don't really see it, and you don't really see people die,
0: well, because especially Wolverine and the other ones, he's just invincible,
2: yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, definitely, in this one you can see. You, like see the hits that he takes um and you see how it affects him and it just like like for once you're like scared for him yeah like i don't really remember a time being scared for him um and even just being scared for other mutants where it's just i don't know it just feels like actually seeing it really shows you how yeah how much how much danger they're in pretty much
1: like, there's, yeah, there's, like, real consequences in this mm-hmm. movie, whereas most superhero movies, there aren't. And that's so refreshing to see. Yeah. And, like, you both already mentioned, but, like, it's very real and grounded and believable. And, like, yeah, just believable.
0: Well, and we talked about that a lot as well in our episodes for Infinity War and Endgame. That the reason that those felt, like, a step above everything was because there were actual stakes mm-hmm. right like yeah the violence wasn't as graphic as is this obviously yeah mm-hmm. but like those movies actually felt like they had stakes and it felt like something bad could happen and same with civil war civil war ended up kind of wussing out at the end Yeah, but throughout the course of the film you felt like this could be the end of the avengers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like those are the superhero movies that really stand above others it's it's the reason why nolan's movies are so good yeah is like if nothing is at stake then
2: Then no one who cares. cares yeah
0: and that's why, like, the DC ones are so bad, is because they're just invincible. And, like, I know that they were trying to establish the universe, and that's a total other conversation, but I think back to the end of Batman versus Superman, where they literally, like, Superman dies and they have a funeral for him, and then the last shot of the movie it, are the freaking rocks hovering above his coffin. Yeah. Like, they immediately undo anything that was done by the movie. And, like, the movie was bad up till that point, to be fair. Oh, yeah. But, like, anything, like, any redeeming qualities that it had of it, like, actually having some balls, it just completely undid it in the last three seconds. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that you're right. I think that the fact that this movie seems like it has stakes and like that bad things could happen. And I think that it just gets, it just ups the ante over and over again until you hit the end of the movie. I think that one of the very key scenes for that is when Xavier dies Mm -hmm. and he has this emotional monologue and you think you're going to get this exposition and then he turns around and gets stabbed in the chest by Logan. And I think that you just assume that it's a dream yeah. It's a nightmare and he's about to wake up from it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you realize well, it's Logan, not. Because
1: Logan, like you see him and you're like, that's obviously not. Well, Logan. you're like, that's you're old like, Logan. That's- he's got yeah. the shorter
0: hair. Like mm-hmm. he's having a dream about Logan 10 years ago. Yeah. But then you realize it's not a dream. And I feel like that is when the movie really kicks into overdrive because you're like, holy cow, they just killed Charles Xavier. Basically on a whim. Mm hmm.
3: Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, like nothing. He was just sleeping. There you. There was no reason for us to expect that anything yeah. wrong was going to happen.
0: Yeah.
2: I think another thing that is effective in the way of violence is, like, again, in past movies, in past X-Men movies, like, their main villain is Magneto. And pretty much, like, he hardly even has to touch anyone. You know, he can control everything with his mind, pretty much. Um, but this one is just so up close, where... The bad guys aren't really super like yeah they have some like enhancements and they have this um genetically you know the x24 but they're just people and so it's you know all the fighting is up close it's you know stabbing punching and like yeah there are a few parts more towards the end when the kids um use their powers but it just like when it's up close it feels
0: but even then, Much like, more. they show the freezing girl, and she just, like, shatters the dude's yeah. arm. Yeah. And, like, even compare that with, like, Snowpiercer, for example, where they also shatter a dude's arm. Yeah. Like, just how visceral this one feels yeah, compared like, to that. Yeah,
2: like, this is stuff that could actually happen. I mean, like, you can, like, shoot needles, You're, you know, like, pine needles at mm-hmm. someone and kill them. But, like, you could freeze someone's arm off. Yeah. You could stab them. You could shoot them.
0: Well, but I guess, what, I guess my point is, like, sure, you can't just... Shoot somebody with pine needles, but this movie does a good job of making it look like it seems like it would actually look if you could.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that the other thing this movie does really effectively when it comes to the violence is that the violence is really sad. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you see Laura specifically just like bunny hopping around, stabbing dudes in the face, and you're like, she's 11 years old. Mm hmm. And is, like, a proficient killing machine. And, like, that, again, I think that communicates a lot of the themes of the movie as far as, like, on a wider scale. But, it's just really sad when you sit there and think about it. Like, I'd I, i I'd have a hard time. I think that people who watch this movie and are like, yeah, she's awesome and oh, get him, yeah, oh, you know what I mean? Like... I feel like that entirely misses the point of the violence. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, I definitely said that a couple times because Jean I wasn't was singling awesome. you out. No, like, no, I know. But I totally agree with you because even just like stabbing in general is an incredibly violent act, like more so than shooting. Well, it's or, very
0: personal. Yeah.
1: And so when you have knives on your hands and like that's your superpower, like it just is violent. And so then... And that's, like, like it feels fine when it's coming from Wolverine. But then when you see just how powerful Lara is and how, like, she can take on anyone that Wolverine can and she's an 11-year-old girl, it just adds all, like, everything that you're saying. Like, it, it feels sad and it yeah. feels, like, mm-hmm. frustrating that this, like...
0: That she has to do this. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like, she doesn't get to live.
0: Like yeah. Like, it, 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 like yeah, it's incredibly sad that she is put into this situation where at 11 years old, she's not playing with Polly Pockets or whatever 11-year-olds do. She's killing full-grown men, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, by the dozen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, like, I don't know. Like, her end speech is killer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I don't know... I don't know maybe I'm sure that there's people out there but like who can relate to that but that's just like a super harsh but true speech yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I don't think that it's like on a wide scale relatable but to the people who can relate to it I think I don't know it's food for thought yeah because even where like they're talking about it and she's like well I killed them but they were bad men well, no, because Logan's like, uh, she says, you know, that she's hurt people. And he says, well, you're going to have to learn with, to live with that. And she says, well, they were bad men. He says, all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it, it's, it feels very grounded, in even in that way. Like, in the way that the characters treat the violence. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they don't high five when a fight is done.
1: <laughs> yeah. They don't like fighting. No. It's just necessary. Yeah.
0: yeah Mm
1: self-defense i also think that i mean i guess we've kind of talked about this a little bit but like you can really feel like what it would be like to be like a superhero like that like what it would actually feel like um and i think one scene well a few scenes i guess that effectively do that is when they are staying at that house with just like a regular family and Xavier has his speech about how it was, like, the most perfect evening. Um, and I think that just shows that, like, like being a superhero is absolutely not glorified in this movie at all. And that they just want a normal life. Like, mm-hmm. they would love to just have an evening and a nice meal. yeah. But they can't have that as superheroes.
0: Well, I think that's what Xavier wants. I think that yeah. that also effectively shows just how far... Gone, Logan is oh, because yeah. he doesn't even want that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that's not even on his radar as ever being a possibility. It's
0: literally yeah. just stay alive.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't even want to do that. Like,
0: yeah, he's doing he's doing that out of a sense of obligation to Xavier. Exactly. <laughs> like he feels obligated to Xavier to not die.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. but that's just like a part of superheroes that you don't think about when you watch all these other fluffy superhero movies. Mm-hmm is that like being a superhero isn't good like it's. Yeah. Well, and I think
0: that maybe one of the clearest influences that we haven't talked about uh when it comes to this movie is Watchmen. Because what Watchmen is about is old superheroes. Yeah. Superheroes 30, 40 years later. And I think that it carries a lot of similar themes to this one, like to the, to this movie. If you haven't read Watchmen, you should. And if you don't want to read it, then you can watch the movie because the movie is good, but it's not as good as the book or graphic novel. Excuse me. <laughs> you wackos. I mean, the wackos are the people who would yell at me for, it's a graphic novel, not a book. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that it, it does a very good job at telling this intensely personal story about Logan and uh, kind of showing the different angles and like really how conflicting everything in his life is, but also giving him an opportunity for redemption and to do something to, like for the sole purpose of helping somebody else again, which is something that had been taken from him for a long time. Yeah. Because that's why he joins the X-Men in the first place is You know even in like x like the first x-men is he is given this sense of purpose by xavier to help people and he gets attached to rogue and like that's his whole thing and then you think you know everyone dies all at once and he you can just imagine him being like well what was the point then Mm -hmm. so but then he gets this opportunity this redemption arc to be able to do something for the sole reason of helping somebody else not out of a sense of obligation And uh, like just for selfless reasons. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And that's really, uh, it's really, even though it's so intense at the end, it's really moving to see him be able to do that again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: What else? I mean, I pretty much talked about all the good stuff. I mean, it's just a great movie. Should we, move on to the bad stuff
0: well first i want to mention one more thing that i thought was really interesting um we kind of talked about the small scale stuff i think that the the large scale themes are are just as present and just as interesting um there's this huge through line of corporate greed Mm -hmm. and the fact that these mutants the mutant children like this whole storyline only happens because of corporate greed they're trying to yeah. turn a profit. And they even tell you know, the nurses to think of them as things with copyrights and patents. Mm-hmm. And like just the commod... What's the word? Commoditization? Is that how you would say it?
1: Commodification.
0: Commodification. One of the two. The, <laughs> making people into commodities and um, through boundless corporate greed, stripping people of their humanity... And I don't mean people as in, like, person. I mean, like, dehumanizing people in the eyes of people. Yeah. Like, if you can make everything a thing and everything a commodity, then you can make a profit off of it. And that's the, like, natural ending point of unlimited corporate greed. Um. I mean, you get that and, um, you know, like, the super farms buying up all the little ones just to make high fructose corn syrup to Mm -hmm. (laughs) put into everything Um, and essentially the idea that this is creating a more hostile and difficult world for the children you know for the next generation that essentially they have to uh, grow up in a world where these enormous corporations with unlimited power and money are attempting to dehumanize the populace and turn everybody against each other. Basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they, they don't and maybe this is just getting older and maybe every generation before mine has felt this. I don't know. But as I get older, I just, I think like these kids just don't get to grow up in the world that we did. Like everything is more dangerous and everything is more like, think about where the internet is going to be in 10, 15 years and how exposed everybody is. And, how like connected but separate everybody is like, and that again ties back to her from a couple weeks ago.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
0: like it does it, it, it. The movie takes these kids and and shows you like this is the world, and I'm gonna maybe I am saying this I don't know. Some company at some point is gonna try and make super kids and sell them, like, and we know that there are these underground you know child sex trafficking rings and like Jeffrey Epstein is a real dude who like ran these huge things and he's not the only one and like this is the this is what the world is turning into as a result of this just boundless greed mm-hmm. and it shows you like children don't get to be children the same way that they used to anymore even you think about like youtube kids getting just like totally invaded with these disgusting perverted videos of you know cartoon characters doing sex acts and stabbing each other and like all these like it it just like it brings all of this into focus a little bit that like because of this like kids don't get to grow up in an innocent world anymore mm-hmm. because at any yeah. point they could grab a smartphone and stumble upon a video of somebody being beheaded or mm-hmm. you know what i mean
1: yeah sucks
0: that's what i'm saying like it it, it doesn't offer like it, i mean it does offer at the end a hopeful vision like the the kids can fight for a better world and by extension we can fight for a better world but like well, and
1: it's like they're tougher too you know like yeah because they Lara have to be and the other kids are way tougher than any of the mutants were in any of the movies like any of yeah. the kids were yeah and yeah it's because they have to be and but like that's where the hope is i think is that like kids are stronger
0: Oh, but I guess that's the point is, like, the movie does end on a hopeful note, right? Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's the point of that whole through line is, like, it's trying to bring more into focus these ideas and the reality of the situation. And sure, it dramatizes it and makes it a little more extreme by, you know, making them mutants and having to kill people and everything like that. But, like, it brings it into focus, but then says, like, we can fight for a better world kind of a thing that's what i get from it anyway
1: and yeah like all the corporate greed and all the crazy things that are happening in this world like in the logan world don't feel that far off from real no life.
0: absolutely not i if it came out tomorrow that there was some company trying to breed kids in test tubes to give them superpowers i would not be even the smallest bit
1: surprised or like even if you started something like the super farms or whatever like
0: well, that already exists, I know,
1: I know, but like getting crazier and like farming, yeah, I mean, farming is already like becoming extinct as a sure. career, but yeah, like it's little things like that and the automated trucks, and not that any yeah. of those things are like evil in them in of themselves, but like
0: well but it's elimination of jobs, like, yeah, I mean that's this isn't a political podcast, we're not trying to get too political, yeah. But yeah. I don't know that that stuck with me as well, so I wanted to mention it um, so yeah jumping in what I said earlier is that the strength of this movie lies so much between its performances and the world building and a lot of the dialogue, which makes it all the more disappointing that the places where it falls short are a few places where the screenplay really stumbles, I think um. We praised pretty heavily the the violence and its thematic effects but then the bad guy has literally when uh caliban uh lets off the two grenades he and metal arm guy are the same distance from the grenades Mm
1: -hmm.
0: metal arm guy walks away and -hmm. we see caliban's body and it's just like shredded
1: yeah I mean...
0: Just, like, some serious inconsistency there.
1: Like, metal arm guy did have, like, the outside to be thrown to. Whereas but even that, Golden like, inside,
0: explosion but... shockwaves would shatter his bones. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't walk away from a grenade at that, that close. Yeah. No. And I guess this thing is, like, they didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they were painted into a corner. Like, well, we got... Oh, we got to have these grenades go off. Like, Mm. and then even like, there's a few like deus ex machina moments, like where Logan is fighting the clone and then out of nowhere, the farmer dude comes out of his truck Mm. and gets out and dies five seconds later.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm trying to think there's a couple others like the cell phone video. Like, oh, I yeah. I hate when movies force us to just, like, forget how cell phones work. The idea that, like, he would grab her phone and, one, it wouldn't have a password on it. Yeah. And, two, it would just immediately be pulled up to this video. That there's absolutely zero chance that she could have ever possibly had. Yeah. Because a place like that would not let you in the building with electronics. Yeah. Of or any sort.
2: Or even just, like take all these videos and edit them and do like voiceover it's like yeah you were on the run for your life i don't i don't think you were just on the computer editing 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 that
0: and that's the thing is like where the first or like the opening scene does such an effective job of show don't tell and then there's this whole scene of him just watching a cell phone video to get us up to speed yeah so it's like it's frustrating because it has these things, and it shows that it can do them so well. And then there's just other parts of the movie where it falls totally flat on its face in those same aspects. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, like, we pretty much got what was happening in the lab without the video. Like, Yeah. It's not that hard to figure it out. That's mm-hmm. you know
0: what I'm saying. Like, they could have just told it through context clues, essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. uh uh-huh.
0: or even like
1: I think did, oh, sorry did though. they
0: have to kill Gabriella right away as well you know what i mean uh-huh. Uh-huh. like could she could they have not written in there where she explains it to him a little bit
1: yeah yeah exactly but i think the main purpose of that video was to um like introduce the clones because at the end of the video, it talks about how, like, oh, like, we can't. They thought that they could train the children to not have consciences, but they couldn't. So then now they're doing something worse. Yeah, and it was probably just, clones. like,
2: an easy way to explain it. Because, I mean, like, yeah, it is different than, like, another, like, X-Men movie where it's the plot is a little bit deeper and there's, like, themes to it. But also, like, you're still going to attract the same crowd as a superhero movie. And, I don't know, maybe they honestly didn't have faith in the audience to be able to figure it out. Yeah. And I think, you know, they just kind of want to, yeah, spell it out fast and foreshadow the Mm -hmm. X-24. And maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I think that's a good point that, like, that's definitely a flaw. But it didn't bother me that much just because it was over quickly and we got onto other yeah. things. No.
0: And I don't want to say, I don't, I don't mean to say that it like took away too much. It was just like, I would be so into it. And then something would happen where I was like, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like fair. they give us such
0: a grounded world. And then they're like, Oh, we have a smartphone that literally only plays one video.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or like, Oh, you know, these guys are all, he's a hyper aware mutant who's super fast and can whatever. Oh, uh, doesn't hear a car coming at him.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, oh, uh, the violence is super grounded and really graphic. And up, uh, grenade goes off three feet away. You're fine.
2: Yeah, just like it's pretty realistic throughout most of the movie. But it's like, oh, we kind of need this plot detail to work. So exactly. we're just gonna kind of forget about that. For exactly.
1: A and I think they had to make like a major bad guy, like. They had to make metal arm guy. I didn't even care about him. I didn't even care if it was like Well, the I same guess what I'm saying is like, I,
0: I don't have a problem with him. My thing is, they didn't need to have a grenade go off. Like, just yeah. have them shoot Caliban.
1: Yeah. Or like, have Caliban grab a gun. Like, it wasn't grenades there, it was a gun. And he realized, like, because, sure. Because I feel like that was part of it was like, they were finding um, Logan and Laura because he was leading them to. But I think he didn't have a way to stop that.
2: I think they kind of needed it, like because the explosion kind of um, unsettles everyone. Like X twenty four kind of loses his bearings and maybe I don't know.
0: Then maybe just don't have metal alarm guy be in the truck at that point. I'm just yeah. like there's so many different ways to handle that that wouldn't have cheapened some aspects of the violence i don't know that's fair but that was really like those are my that's my biggest gripe is just those handful of times where it's just like like i'm so into it and then something pulls me out yeah that's it
2: all right cool
0: anything else
2: i don't think so that's about it for me
0: what kind of trivia do you have for us um a waka waka trivia Sid. waka uh, waka?
2: what let's see i don't have too much but um hugh jackman induced dehydration for 48 hours prior to filming any shirtless scenes um seems really unhealthy yeah he he definitely doesn't recommend it to people um but i mean he looks really dehydrated he looks haggard yeah yeah Yeah. um whenever xavier was having seizures and like hugh jackman had to act like he was being pushed away he Mm -hmm just like i don't know didn't um so they had to have two men um like restrain him during those scenes and they just like cgi'd out the courts
3: yeah wow all right
2: um oh so the director he commented that um not only did like the r rating help with just like um the violence but it helped him introduce like more complex scenes because this wasn't going to be for kids so like he could have longer scenes um more ideas explored through dialogue Um, and it was just kind of like like he was able to do more
0: yeah well and that's what I mean when I talk about like that I get more excited for a movie if it's rated R rather than PG-13 that's more what I'm referring to Mm -hmm. is that like oftentimes that means that the director has been unshackled to tell the story that they really want to tell yeah and you can you can tell even just like the difference in vibe between this and any other X-Men movie oh yeah for sure like when you unshackle somebody like that
2: yeah Mm-hmm. um so during any of xavier's seizures they they filmed it by shooting shaky footage and then reestablishing the frame and post um and that is pretty much like what made it look you know all shaky that's and cool yeah that's really cool. awesome um when auditioning for the part uh for laura daphne was asked if she sh- if she could improvise her lines and then she just like started screaming in spanish <laughs> and they um and then they just like incorporated it. That's awesome. That's great. Um I love that scene when she's in the car just yelling screaming yeah. at him. Yeah. yeah. Um Logan only smiles 3 times through the whole movie.
0: Does it say what they are?
2: Um I was paying attention the first time was when he got flashed. Um I didn't catch, Oh right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I didn't catch the second time and the last one was just like as he was at down. the very end. Yeah. yeah. Um, while Laura is very stern in the movie, there were many times where they had to reshoot her fight scenes because she was having too much fun. <laughs> and just like just laughing? Yeah. <laughs> um, So there is kind of like an explanation for why there's no mutants and why there's no n- new mutants. And it actually has something to do with the high fructose corn syrup. Oh.
0: Oh, they did they said that they distributed it through the fructose corn syrup to like repress the gene.
2: Yeah. So pretty much that's, that's pretty much all it did. Um, and then I don't know if it's for the movie, but in the comic book that this was based off of, Logan is dying because the Admantium is radioactive from the hero, um, Shima explosion that he was in, in like one of the past movies
0: they say that it's the adamantium poisoning him or he he suspects that it is yeah i mean that's but they what don't they don't explain say why that's cla- in the uh, comic oh awesome yeah
2: um in one of the past wolverine movies the one where he's in japan yes
0: Was that that's uh x-men origins right no that um, or is that the wolverine that's just the wolverine okay
2: um the one girl yukio she um like prophesies his death um, your chest ripped open and your heart in your hand um, and a lot of people have like I mean it's a little sappy but it's kind of like I mean his chest is ripped open but he's like holding Laura's hand Aww. and she's That's so, so sweet, sweet. <laughs> and it's so beautiful Um, and pretty much throughout the movie Logan mentions that he would like to kill himself and kind of eventually he does because X-24 kills him so. Hey. Yep. That's all I got for you.
0: That's some good trivia. Thank yeah. you.
2: I wrote it myself. I did all that trivia. I good job. Took shaky cam. I I worked on this movie actually. Are that, you? That's why you know. Yeah, I know all of James Mangold. Me. I am. <laughs> Sorry to Welcome keep a, to a secret. Podcast. Welcome
0: to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, you for maybe, having me. Uh, tell some of your hollywood friends about our podcast so they will listen to
1: it yeah you'd think you'd have
2: connections right i'll just like in my next movie i'll be like hey what are you up to today oh nothing i'm just listening to and they look straight at the camera we We watch watch movies movies. and then talk about them (laughs) wink and then you go back (laughs) perfect can't wait that's amazing in in theaters next fall it's a movie about
1: make it any sooner because that's like in theaters
2: next week Beautiful! It's, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm a really good director. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, let's do this. Becca, what are your final thoughts on rating out of 10?
2: Okay. Um,
1: I don't think I have much more to say about this movie. I just, I really like it for all the reasons that we've talked about. And I definitely don't think it's a perfect movie, but it's really enjoyable. And there's a lot of themes and a lot of ways to, Apply it to life. I think it's an important movie. Um, I will rate it an eight out of ten.
0: Right on, Sid.
2: Um, yeah, I don't have too much else to say about this one. Um, I would say it's it's a very good like superhero movie when you want to break from the classic superheroes. Um, yeah, it's just it's very different from what you get. It's just like kind of three times a year from Marvel and DC. Um, And I'm going to give this one an 8.3. All
0: right. Yeah. I think that I've said my piece about this one. It's very enjoyable and you should check it out. I'm going to give it an 8.4. 8.0, 8.3, 8.4. I think that rounds us out to like an 8.3.
2: Yeah. Nice. Ah, Crap.
0: I got to type this in and I can't see my keyboard. 8.3. Uh, great that puts it right on par with uh 28 days later mm. that's probably fair
1: yeah yeah sounds about right yeah I'd say so.
0: great that will conclude our discussion on james mangold's uh logan if this is where you leave us we do understand uh you can get in contact with us at uh email uh contact at we or find us on any of the social networks uh at we watch podcast um let's quickly do other topics um really all we've been watching is Mindhunter and uh master chef so
1: i've been watching a ton of dumb movies at work but i don't need to talk about them <laughs> yeah
0: you saw dora and the city of gold
1: yeah and angry birds 2 and we watched uh some movie on netflix called murder mystery Ooh. with jennifer anston <laughs> and adam so sandler so sorry <laughs> Uh, I watched Princess Bride this week, though. That nice. was a, that was a good, a good one. one at work. So anyway, not really worth mentioning.
0: Nice. Um, I watched The Descent.
2: Ooh, that's a pretty freaky one. That was fine. Yeah. That was all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's enjoyable. It's still, I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it again.
0: I'm not claustrophobic, though.
2: I kind of am.
0: So that didn't get to me as much. Uh huh. But what are you going to do? Yeah. How about you?
2: Um, I've actually watched a lot.
0: Ooh, um, let's go.
2: I watched, let's see. Oh, uh, I watched scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh, we oh, we also yeah, saw that actually. Yeah. I thought it was pretty solid. It was
0: way better yeah. than I thought it was going to
2: yeah. be. I mean, definitely like you guys telling me to go into it, expecting a PG 13 scary movie, like really helped my my experience with it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just really fun. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm.
0: It was yeah. really good.
2: Yeah. I like that one. Um, And then I went to go see Ready or Not. How was that? It was, that one was also really fun. It was pretty stupid we like I, I
0: tried to get becca to go the other week but like she wasn't super stoked on it and i wasn't i wasn't excited enough to like push for it so yeah <laughs> yeah we just it's didn't
2: definitely go. like if you're just like i don't really have anything to do let's just go watch like this mindless movie it was pretty fun
0: also i'm glad that we have a woman who's now going to make her career just like taking the roles that people want margot robbie for but can't get her
2: that's exact austin turned to me and he's like she just looks like a cheap margot robbie every <laughs> single time
0: that i saw the trailer i was like "Ooh, what is margot robbie doing and then halfway through i realized that i had seen the trailer before yeah and that it wasn't margot robbie no,
2: that's not her yeah she looks exactly like her um let's see what else did i watch i watched goodbye lennon dude i thought it was really it's really, really good. good huh the only thing is like i had a little bit of a hard time just like getting into it sure and getting connected I think part of it was just because it was in German and
0: well and there's the historical context yeah, that like you didn't grow up I with I
2: definitely didn't understand that but I still like it was really really good
0: yeah uh, you can hear more about that on our episode intro to international and foreign cinema where I talk about, a little bit about uh, Goodbye Lennon it's a great movie
2: mm-hmm. was really good solid recommend and I Why, watched...
0: how, uh, what led you to watch that
2: it's been on my list you, oh, talked, has it... you talked about it sometime last year oh okay and i put it on my list for oh, okay this great um and then i watched goodfellas Ooh. it was so good i really I really like that. that one like i kind of have a love-hate relationship with scorsese because his movies are just so long sure but this one is a, it's about like two and a half hours and i don't know it was just it was great and it was just really interesting and i like normally don't get super into like gangster movies like that <laughs> but it was great. Um, Ray Liotta was great. Joe Pesci. It was just a really, really solid movie. I'll have to put it on my a lot list. Of, a lot of great like New York accents.
0: Ooh. Amazing. I think that's... I mean, I can double-check my list, but I think that's everything. I should have my list pulled up for this yeah. section because, you know...
2: Um and like i said before like i finished uh the first season of fargo fargo and it was great
0: the yeah anybody out there the fargo tv show it's on netflix now right it's on hulu oh it's on hulu Mm -hmm. is a great
1: yeah i think we could try that again and i'm very excited yeah we tried to
0: watch it it and you didn't like it well it was like too dark
1: right when i came home from my mission yeah it was too dark you were like this
2: is not the minnesota i know yeah, se- that, that's why you wanted to watch it yeah like, no
0: and then like the first season they like just brutally murder a guy with a shotgun <laughs> yeah. uh but the second season is even better than the first yeah. kirsten dunst and jesse plemons like destroy that season oh they do God. so well
2: i'm so excited
0: um the other things that we want to talk about um we have tickets tomorrow to go see the director's cut of *Midsummer*.
2: Oh, you have to tell me how it is.
0: So very excited for that. 9 I p.m. Guess we could have invited yeah, you. but yeah.
2: I'm gonna <laughs> be in at my parents' house. That's
0: true. Yeah, so we're going to see that tomorrow, and I'm very, very excited. See how much it for, longer is it? It's. I think it's like 175 now. Okay. It's one. It's like right. At, it's like. Just under two and a half. So now okay. it's just under three. I think they added like 25 minutes is what it yeah. said. Ooh. Which is a lot to add. Yeah, Honestly, that's a Seinfeld episode they've added. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd <laughs> yeah. love it. It's just like now literally just in the middle. Seinfeld. No, like that scene where they, they just... walk up and they're like, the children are watching Austin Powers. And they're like, <laughs> cool. But you walk in and like they just think that Seinfeld is Austin Powers. And you watch and they just put a Seinfeld episode in the middle. <laughs>
2: You just watched You just
0: watch an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs>
1: It'd be like a good break. <laughs> um,
0: and then I guess that gets us into next week. Um, we all have our tickets to go see It, Chapter 2. Yay! Uh, which we will be bringing you our coverage of next week. As mm-hmm. kind of a compendium of the two parts of It. We'll talk about Wolf, I'm sure. Because yes. I'm sure it's going to be hard to talk about Chapter 2 without talking about Chapter 1.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: So... Oh, that's that. Yep. Is there anything else?
2: That's it? I don't think so.
0: Tell your mom about our podcast.
2: Tell your mom. Tell your dad, your brother, sister, great aunt. If you have yeah, a we stepmom, always stick with tell mom, her too. But yeah. really anyone. You don't have to tell your mom. You can tell your friends. Well, no.
0: You should tell your mom well, yeah. and then move on to telling other people.
2: Just t- I think I've said this before. Tell your mom. Start a phone tree. Get it going. That's great. Yeah. If
0: we could get an email forward that...
2: I'm pretty sure we have talked about this. Before. Have we talked about this? I like, think so.
0: tell ten people about we watch movies and, and talk about them, and you'll, you'll get seven die, years of good luck.
2: Then you'll <laughs> die.
0: Oh my gosh! Speaking of that, Arrow Video, which is like a boutique uh, label for horror movies, is doing a release of the Japanese Ring films.
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh-uh. I don't, don't want to do see that. those. That
0: I definitely want to purchase no, and watch. No,
1: because you tried to make us watch those last year: The Grudge and The Ring, the Japanese versions.
0: And we couldn't because they're not available anywhere. I
1: know, but I really, really didn't want to. And I super don't want to. Why not? Because that sounds horrifying. I'm going to buy it. They're already scary. I'm going to buy it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I they, don't think I, I could do that.
0: I'm, I think because they have like a box set of there's like three Japanese ring movies. So there's like the ring one, ring two, and then like a prequel. But then they have a steel book of just the first one. i think i'm gonna buy that
1: i just feel scared owning it like (laughs) so i think i'm gonna buy that evil into your house yeah Yeah. even though we have plenty of scary movies um
0: i guess that gets us into in the next couple weeks we will be releasing the calendar for 31 days of october Mm -hmm. uh our yearly tradition where we watch a horror movie every day for the month of october
1: follow along watch the movies with us
0: yeah for sure um and we want to thank you guys uh once again august has been our best month yet um which beats july which was our best month yet up to that point which beat june which was our best month up to that point basically since january we have topped ourselves every single month and that's all due to you guys um we do pretty much entirely word of mouth uh advertising we just hope that you guys will share the podcast with people who share similar interests um And we would love to hear from you guys. Any movies that you would like us to cover. um, We definitely take requests. Um, And you can do so via email at contact at wewatchpodcast.com. Or hit us up on social media um, at wewatchpodcast. And I think that'll do it. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. We thank you. We love you. And we will see you next week with Mr. Pennywise the Clown.
3: (gasps) I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Becca. I'm Sid.
0: And we'll catch you in the next one.
1: Bye.